Welcome to the Locked On Sooners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, John Hoover. It is Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Hoover, and for the next 30 minutes, I am in your ear. It's Monday, November 25th. We do this every single day. If you call yourself a Sooner fan, well, then you need to tell your friends, tell your family, heck, tell your Gambian-pouched rat that you are Locked On Sooners. Again, I'm John Hoover from 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. If you go to our website, thefranchiseok.com, you're going to find my column from Saturday's 28-24 win over TCU, plus my column from last week on Grant Calcaterra, his uh, decision to retire. Thefranchiseok.com, don't forget, it's always free. No passwords, no registration, no email, no credit cards. And we've got tons of Oklahoma City Thunder stuff as well, plus some Oklahoma State copy, Lots more, and it's all free, thefranchiseok.com. You know what else is free? Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at John E. Hoover. Follow Locked On Sooners on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Find me on Facebook at John E. Hoover Media, and subscribe to my YouTube channel at John Hoover for OU videos, post-game analyses, and lots more. I'm telling you, that thing's blowing up. It's Monday, and it's Bedlam week, so today you get my three big things from the TCU game, and there were a bunch. As well as uh, news and notes from the weekend, we're going to take a quick spin around the Big 12, get my player of the game, and we'll finish up with highlights from Lincoln Riley's press conference today. One thing we're not going to talk about is Mike Gundy's mullet. So let's get this thing started. First things first, number 9 ranked Oklahoma survived another thriller on Saturday night in Norman. Tense 28-24 victory over TCU. OU was an 18-point favorite to dominate the Frogs on senior night, and the Sooners did get out to a 21-0 lead. I mean, it was three quick touchdowns and three straight three-and-outs forced by the defense. But I think we all knew what was coming next. I made TCU plus 18 my lock of the week, and at 21-0, I was still feeling pretty good. After it's 21-0, Jalen Hurts misses a couple of open receivers. Then TCU quarterback Max Duggan busts a 62-yard run, and suddenly it's 21-7. OU punts again, and TCU kicks a field goal, and at halftime, it's 21-10. I thought Lincoln Riley really kind of messed up the drive at the end of the first half, and then Jalen Hurts gets sacked on the fourth and three coming out of halftime. When you put that together, that's 14 points Oklahoma could have had to really separate, and as efficient as this offense is, you really expect them to march up and down the field in those situations, but the offense just kind of kept tripping over itself. TCU takes advantage of the short field and scores again, and now it's 21-17. Riley says, you know what, screw it, we ain't throwing the football no more. And Hurts and Kennedy Brooks carried it on six consecutive plays, and Hurts' touchdown makes it 28-17. That was a really, really big possession by the Oklahoma offense because you knew this thing was going to come down to the fourth quarter. Only nobody saw a fourth quarter like this coming. Hurts gets OU down inside the red zone by running the football, but then Riley calls a pass play on the goal line. Hurts throws a quick slant to CeeDee Lamb. C.D. Lamb slips coming out of his break, and Vernon Scott intercepts it and takes it back 98 yards to the house, 28-24. What just happened? So Hertz puts together another nice drive again on the ground. He takes it 70 yards, and he busts a 32-yard run down to the TCU 7, but uh, Nook Bradford tackles him, spins him, reaches in, grabs the ball, flips him over, and pulls the football away from Hertz before Hertz hits the ground. TCU football. What just happened? But the defense rises up, forces a three and out. OU goes nowhere. And Riley then calls for Ramondre Stevenson to run off left tackle with fourth and one. And he gets stuffed. TCU ball. What just happened? 
But again, the defense rises up. Who'd, who'd have thought we'd say that, huh? And then on fourth and six, Buki Radley-Hiles undercuts a short route to the tight end, and he intercepts Duggan with a minute 41 left. Only it's not quite over, not without a bit of controversy anyway. Hertz runs a keeper. It's third and one. It appears to get stopped short. I think it was pretty clear, but the call on the field was first down, and the players reviewed, and they can't see anything of the football, but Hertz just basically going into the pile. I mean, the replays I saw, he certainly looked short, but... I wouldn't have been able to definitively tell you exactly where the football was, and I think that's why the refs erred on the side of caution there and just awarded OU the first down. And Gary Patterson was not happy about it. He complained about it in the press after the game. He complained about it again today at his press conference. But Jalen Hurts takes a knee, and OU survives. Up next, Saturday night in Stillwater, 7 o'clock on Fox. OU opened as a 14.5-point favorite last night, but it's already down to 12 points. Now, let's go back to Saturday and talk about what just happened. Three big things. Okay, first and foremost, the win puts Oklahoma back in the Big 12 championship game. The Sooners clinched a spot, and they're going to rematch with Baylor on December 7th in Jerry World. Baylor beat Texas, so the Big 12's two best teams are going to play it off. I'm going to guess it's going to be another classic. OU has been in all three Big 12 title games since the league got special waiver from the NCAA and reinstituted the championship game. First year was TCU, last year was Texas, and this year, of course, it's Baylor. But going back to the last Big 12 title game, 2010, before conference realignment, before the conference contracted, before Texas A&M, Nebraska, Missouri, and Colorado left, OU has played in four in a row now. Remember that classic against Nebraska in 2010? Sooners fell behind by 17 and then rallied to win. But back to Saturday night, let's be honest. This is what this team has become. The talent and the skill and the ability to jump out to a 21-0 lead early on one of the Big 12's best defenses. And yet, whatever qualities you want to blame for giving nearly all of it back, I mean, that's who this team is. The offense made some really nice plays. The defense saved the day for sure. But there were question marks all over this victory. Like, first and foremost, can Oklahoma pull itself together enough and play a complete game and go win at Oklahoma State? My second big thing, OU absolutely dominated in total yards, 511 to 204. They dominated in first downs, 30 to 11. OU dominated in time of possession, 40 minutes to 20. That includes 23 of the 30 minutes in the second half. OU ran the football for 366 yards on a defense that had been giving up just 120 per game. OU converted 7 of 13 on third down, and they only gave up 1 of 9 third down conversions. This game should have been a blowout, but so many mistakes. And before you pile on Jalen Hurts anymore, I'm telling you, I'm not blaming him for that pick six. That's a timing throw, and he threw it on time, and he threw it where it needed to be. If C.D. Lamb hadn't slipped on this crappy new grass, if C.D. had come out of his break cleanly, that is at worst, to me, an incompletion. Although, you know, it's C.D. Lamb. I'm betting C.D. catches that at the goal line, and it's a touchdown. And that fumble by Hurts, I don't think you can blame Jalen entirely for that either. I mean, If they had ruled him down instead of ruling a fumble, I don't think there was enough video evidence to confirm either way. That was just an unbelievable effort by the TCU defender, and bad luck for Jalen, although he can certainly, certainly carry the ball higher and tighter. I think where Jalen Hurts really struggled on Saturday night was he needs to be better at throwing the deep ball. He's been really good pretty much all season, but he was way off this game. He missed a couple of touchdowns. He missed some open receivers over the middle. Riley, I think, recognized that, and he ran it a lot more in the second half. And you know what? It looked like Jalen missed a handful of reads on on keepers that ended up getting him dropped for a loss. Probably should have given the football on a couple of those. No doubt, Hertz needs to be better, especially with his ball security and his reads at the line of scrimmage. 
boy, did the defense save the day or what? Buki's interception was as good as it gets. Uh, it was going to be a first down catch. And rather than take a gamble on hitting the receiver too early and drawing a pass interference penalty, which that's been known to happen for these guys, he said, nah, I'm good. This one's mine. And he undercuts the route and picks it off. Jalen Rager, guys, had one catch for nine yards and one carry for 16 yards. And he's one of the most dangerous players in the Big 12 Conference. Darius Anderson and Shaywoo Olanilua combined for 26 yards on 10 rushes. That's ridiculous. They've been averaging combined over 100. And TCU's leading receiver had just 34 yards. Kenneth Murray was terrific. Nine total tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, half a sack. Jalen Redman had a sack. Leron Stokes had half a sack. Oh, you had just five tackles for loss, but that's not bad because TCU only ran 45 total plays. So Oklahoma's raw defensive numbers aren't overwhelmingly good just because they kept TCU off the field for so long. By comparison, OU ran 85 offensive snaps. My favorite stat of the game, TCU had just 45 plays. Well, 25 of those, or 56% of TCU's offensive plays, gained two yards or less. Up next on the Locked On Sooners podcast, some really big news and notes. We'll do a quick review on Saturday in the Big 12. It was a great week for the conference. And I'll give you my player of the game, plus highlights from the Lincoln Rally press conference. All that's next on the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Sooners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're already running out of time, so let's just jump right back into it. News and notes. Caleb Kelly is back. He played 12 snaps in the game Saturday night, which wasn't very Benny, but uh, he was on the field for the last two plays of the game, which shows you what the coaches really think about him. I'm working on a story based on ta- the conversation we had with Caleb Kelly on Saturday night. Later in the week, I'll have that posted at thefranchiseok.com. Talk to Alex Grinch about him. Talk to Lincoln Riley today about him. So uh, keep an eye out for that, thefranchiseok.com. Caleb, now remember, tore his ACL in the spring. He's been working behind the scenes really hard to get back on the field this year. But there's a tricky angle to all this. It might not matter at all, but it might. You never know. He can still claim a redshirt season if he plays in four games or less, right? The new redshirt rule, right? So, easy. Let's count. TCU was his debut. Oklahoma State, Big 12 championship, and a bowl game. That's four, right? So he can redshirt, right? Well, what if OU's bowl game is actually a college football playoff game? And what if OU wins that semifinal and then has to play in the national championship game? That would mean Caleb Kelly would only get to play in five games this year, and his career would basically be over. He said Saturday night if he only plays in four games, he definitely plans on coming back in 2020. That's good news for the Oklahoma defense. He's definitely taking the red shirt. I mean, I suppose we'll see for sure on that. If he gets projected by the NFL people as a high draft pick, he'd probably have to go to the league. But he also said if OU plays in a national championship game, heck yeah, he's playing if he's able. He still has to little. He said, quote, one game for the rest of my career. A real hard decision. I think in that situation, it's probably not going to be as hard as he thinks. 
when you've got a national championship on the line. But again, we'll see how that plays out. The tricky part comes down between now and then without knowing what the outcome was going to be. Does he sit out this week's game at Oklahoma State so he can definitely play a full season in 2020? Or does he sit out the Big 12 title game next week? Because it's possible they might actually need him to win those two games. And if they lose, of course, there will be no playoff. There will be no national championship game. But do you play 12 plays again this week against Oklahoma State and give up a whole season next year? telling you, it's kind of a puzzle he's going to have to put together with the OU coaching staff. Here's an interesting stat. Oklahoma has scored at least 30 points in 20 consecutive games. They only got to 28 against TCU. But OU's 366 yards rushing is the most ever given up by a Gary Patterson defense. TCU's 204 yards total offense was the fewest allowed by an Oklahoma defense since 2017 when they held Kansas to 155 yards. Buki's interception came on a night, I don't know if you caught the post-game press conference, on a night when he was playing with a heavy heart. He told us after the game that his cousin died back in California. He said, Anthony Radley died of natural causes, but it was also sudden and unexpected. He said the funeral was Saturday. He was 38 years old. The quote from Buki, when I caught it, meaning the interception, all I could think about was my cousin. That play right there was him playing through me. C.D. Lamb is one of three finalists for this year's Bolitnikoff Award. He was named one of three finalists on Monday. He, LSU's Jamar Chase, and USC's Michael Pittman will be at the College Football Awards show on December 12th at the Hall of Fame in Atlanta. As an aside, I'm one of the Bolitnikoff Award voters. I went three for three on my finalist ballot this year. Went three for three last year, too, with uh, Jerry Judy from Alabama, Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State, and Andy Isabella from UMass getting the invite to Atlanta last year. Let's talk playoff real quick. Oh, you got pretty much exactly what it needed on Saturday. Oklahoma State won. Baylor won. That helps the resume now if Oklahoma wins their last two games. Also, Penn State lost to Ohio State, and Arizona State took it to Oregon. That's two teams ahead of Oklahoma that lost. Here's what probably needs to happen the rest of the way. Number five, Alabama, needs to lose to Auburn this week. Number six, Utah, needs to lose to Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. And number four, Georgia, needs to lose to LSU in the SEC championship game. I think two of those three are actually pretty good bets. But I also think Alabama's probably going to beat Auburn, even with Mac Jones at quarterback. But maybe not. OU's up to number seven in this week's AP Top 25, number seven in the Amway Coaches Poll, and number seven in the FWAA Super 16. I did have OU number seven on my FWAA ballot. Sooner Basketball. OU beat Maryland Eastern Shore last Thursday night in Norman, 91-64. Christian Doolittle was 7 of 7 from the floor, scored 18 points, and four of the players scored in double figures. Brady Manick had 16, Austin Reeves had 14, Victor Iwilkor had 13, and Devion Harmon had 10. I think the M.O. was pretty much the same for OU. Sooners played a lot better after halftime. They shot 45% in the first half and then 67% in the second half. OU is now 5-0 and on the season. The new poll came out today, and they're ranked 26th, so they're right outside the AP Top 25. Sooners play Stanford tonight in Kansas City in the National College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Stanford is 6-0 and now, so if OU wins that one, you can bet that they're going to be in the top 25 next week. If they lose, that was probably Oklahoma's one chance in the non-con to get into the top 25. Anyway, tip-off tonight, 8.30 p.m. The game's on ESPN2. It's just the second time in the Lon Kruger era that the Sooners have started 5-0. and Think about that. Butler and Missouri are on the other side of the bracket at the Hall of Fame Classic. Uh, that game would be Tuesday night, and tip-off and TV are still to be announced. You know, beyond the Oklahoma TCU game, this was an extremely entertaining week in the Big 12 Conference. Around the Big 12. 
Oklahoma State beat West Virginia 20-13 in Morgantown. Cowboys won without their starting quarterback with Spencer Sanders on the shelf after thumb surgery. Drew Brown got his first career start at Oklahoma State, and he was pretty good. 22 of 29 for 196 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Chuba Hubbard was held to 106 yards on 26 carries and also scored two touchdowns. Iowa State beat Kansas 41-31 in Ames, but Kansas actually held the lead in the fourth quarter twice before the Cyclones finished it off with two touchdowns. Brock Purdy threw for 372 yards and four touchdowns, including 100 yards receiving by Charlie Kohler. Uh, Purdy also ran for a touchdown, and for Kansas, Puka Williams ran for 154 yards. Baylor beat Texas 24-10 in Waco. It was 24-3 before Texas scored on the final play of the game, basically. I think, personally, the uh, Texas offense might have been concussed. If you saw Tom Herman headbutting one of his players in pregame, you know exactly what I mean. Charlie Brewer had almost 300 yards and two touchdowns, but he had to leave the game when he took a hard hit. Not sure if it was a head injury or something to his chest, but uh, we should know more today. Texas' record is now 6-5 and five going into this week's game against Texas Tech. Kansas State beat Tech 30-27 in Lubbock last week. Jet Duffy threw for 334 yards and two touchdowns, was also intercepted twice. Skyler Thompson, he completed just 50% of his passes, but he did throw for 246 yards. Up next on the Locked On Sooners podcast, my player of the game, plus highlights from today's Lincoln-Riley press conference. Coming up next on the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, I got a word from Roman. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and just take care of it. Just go to roman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's roman.com slash locked. I've said it already today and I'll say it again. I'm not sure those two turnovers can be attributed entirely to Jalen Hurts. I know to some of you that makes me sound like a Hurts apologist, and that's fine. If you need to label me, then label me. I don't care. A lot of you guys know my background and the way I've always covered this program, and you know that I am not a guy who can be considered an apologist for anything, any team that I'm covering, whether it's Bob Stoops or the team or one player. But, again, the interception, C.D. Lamb slips coming out of his break. If he stays on his feet, that's probably a touchdown. And that fumble was as good a defensive play as you'll see a guy make anywhere. Now, here's where Jalen loses the benefit of the doubt. He fumbled twice the week before at Baylor. He's lost... 11 turnovers in 11 games this year and he should those two at Baylor he shouldn't have lost either one of those his interception at Baylor wasn't good either so yes absolutely I'm with you 100% Jalen Hurts needs to be more careful with the football but he did have 173 yards rushing and 145 yards passing he and he accounted for all four Oklahoma touchdowns but does that mean he is this week's player of the game nope sorry it does not I thought Kennedy Brooks here might work 25 carries, 149 yards. That's the kind of workload I think we can expect out of him moving forward without Trey Sermon. But no, it's not Kennedy Brooks either. This player of the game goes to the defense. It's Kenneth Murray. He made nine tackles, which was more than twice as many as any of his teammates. He had two and a half tackles for loss. He was really the key figure in holding TCU to a season low in yards. Uh, Think about it. The Frogs only scored 17 points offensively, and they kept going three and out, three and out, three and out. It was Kenneth Murray who was the guy that kept sending them to the sideline. And more than his stats, if you watch Kenneth Murray play, I think he really sets the tone for this defense every week. Where he goes, they follow. And it showed on Saturday night. Okay, let's hit the highlights from today's Lincoln Rally press conference. Friend of the pod, Keegan Renault, asked a question I was going to ask today. What's up with the grass? 
a lot of slipping and sliding this year. Riley said it's not anything unusual as they reseeded late in the fall with ryegrass and the Bermuda dies off. But I'm telling you, I think there's been more slipping and sliding than usual. Again, just ask the drivers of the Sooner Schooner. Riley said the grass has been great. He did say that it might not be quite as slick for a 230 game, but then he said they obviously don't know what a 230 game feels like. Riley got asked uh, about the improved level of defense in the Big 12 overall this year. He said there's no doubt that's a real thing. Quote, this is a good defensive league. I don't care what people say. It even came up as a possible reason for all of Jalen Hurts' fumbles. I mean, he did used to play in the SEC, so maybe he's just not used to so much hitting. I hope my sarcasm came through on that last one. Uh, I did notice that Jalen Hurts was actually smiling and laughing and even being funny at his press conference this week. Makes you wonder if someone didn't get in his ear and tell him, hey, you know you're going to New York, right? You're going to have to do a lot of interviews for the Heisman Week. Might as well start enjoying these because he looked like a different guy today. I also noticed that Lincoln Riley seemed very loose and funny at his presser today, too. I think Lincoln Riley's usually pretty loose and funny at his pressers, uh, but he was like, uh, he was laughing it up today. I can remember Bob Stoops used to always have that kind of a loosey-goosey attitude at his pressers before the Texas game, and he would often, you know, obviously dominate Mac Brown. Well, during Bedlam week, it was always like Les Miles was the one who was loosey-goosey, and Bob seemed to always tighten up a bit, and we know how that went. Two of those were shocking losses. One was a blowout in 2011, and then a close game just about every time they go to Stillwater. So Lincoln Riley, Lucy Goosey, Sooners might win big. I don't know, just something to keep an eye on. That's it for today's show. Locked on Sooners will be back Tuesday, and we're going to hear from Lincoln Riley, Jalen Hurts, Alex Grinch, and others. We'll catch up with the basketball teams, of course. And with two weeks left in the season, we're going to check in on how Jalen Hurts is doing in the Heisman Watch. The Locked On Sooners podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Hoover, and you can follow me on Twitter at John E. Hoover, on Facebook at John E. Hoover Media, on YouTube at John Hoover. Find all my columns, stories, blogs, and more at thefranchiseok.com. And don't forget to follow the Locked On Sooners podcast on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Hit that subscribe button, share your Locked On Sooners podcast with your friends, and I would really love it if you left me a comment or a rating. Thanks for listening. See you guys.